Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We ask that if there's anything unlike us and are unlike you in us, God, that you remove it and cover it with your blood, God. We ask that uh, that you cover us and guide us through this podcast, God. We thank you for being who you are and doing what you've done, God. We appreciate all that you've done for us this far, God, and we're expecting nonetheless. Uh, we ask, God, now that you cover us and you guide us and you give us words and give us encouragement, God, and send your anointing. And at the end of this, God, we're just going to say amen. 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 Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so excited to have you on tonight. We're grateful that you guys have stopped by and gave us a shot and taken taken a little listen with us and has taken a stroll through this podcasting uh, world that we've fallen into, I guess. We've been doing we this. Found ourselves in. I don't know if I'd say fallen. Yeah, we got into it. Yeah. But we've been doing this for close to six months now, or maybe even a little more, and we we're starting to catch a little bit of the hang of it, and we're 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 thankful that God is showing us the ropes and giving us good good thoughts and good topics to work with and moving us forward in this thing. So tonight we're gonna start off by asking everyone around the table how they've been doing this week how Sunday was for him, and just kind of go along the basis of that. And we're going to start off with Mark. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, been a little under weather for a couple of days, but still good, even in spite of that. Yeah. Um, Sunday was really good. Yeah. I will say uh, I had to ditch the stage Sunday evening because it was just getting a little too warm up <laughs> there. It's too early for it to be that – it's too early in the year for it to be that warm up there at that point in time. So I was like yeah. – it is a little bit cooler back there in some of the seats. Yeah, I've been I've been taking a taking a step off the stage on Sundays during preaching, and trying to uh, soak up more and kind of help, not help hype up the preacher, but kind of be there for support of the preacher because I like that when others support me, you know. And I yeah, but I want to sit there and be able to really absorb what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and kind of put in my thought, and it spurs more thought in my mind. When I hear someone else speaking and, and I actually get to stop and read the screens. For whatever reason, for me, when we have one verse up on the screen, I key in more on the finer details of the verse. You know what I mean? I just get to read it uh, word by word. And it really makes a difference because a lot of times you'll be thinking of a, a verse in your head. Like, oh, I can recite that. And then you recite it. And it's like the words is close. But when you put the actual words in, the meaning is just a little bit different. And it makes yeah. a lot more sense when you do that. You feel the same way, Case? Yeah, I agree. I like to uh, I like to dig in like that, and it, it's helpful for me. But because when I'm looking at the Bible, you got 50, 60, 70 verses on a page, you know, and you can't really. I don't. I'm not saying you can't, but for me, I can't dial in on singular pieces and just break it apart like that. Well, I think the really cool thing about it is, is even on the word level, it can be as shallow or as deep as you want it to be, right. as exactly. far as you're willing to look. Right. There's a lot of layers to it. Yeah, that's why. Like each time you can keep you can keep coming back, getting more and more out of the same verse because there's there's always something else there. Right. And I like taking some factors from the time, the time frame of what was going on, some historical events. Context is everything. Well, it it is. It, it puts it puts into a deeper meaning of what was being said. You know, because Jesus, I feel like when he spoke, always spoke on a level that was understandable to the people around him. And times have uh, certainly changed since then, and a lot of the stuff that would be uh, minimal to us is huge to them. You know, uh, we talked about 
revelations and such. Just putting in when they talked about spewing you out being lukewarm. Well, lukewarm to us is like, okay, maybe the bath water wasn't hot, but lukewarm to them was a stream, an aqueduct coming down of cold water for this time or coming down of hot water for this time. No one wants hot or no one wants water that's not neither cold or hot. Yeah. They want one that is, you want it to be hot or you want it to be cold. Either one of them has a good purpose, you know. And that's kind of like the amazing thing about it too is it works all levels. Yeah. So if you're, if it's, maybe the context of it was geared towards a certain generation, certain audience when it was first written. Yeah. The sense it made it for them still makes sense for us, even though we're not back in that time. Right. And even when we, it makes sense even before we start to dig deeper to find out why stuff was said that way. Right. Well, and I think too, I think us being the generation that gets and has the ability to look back on that is important too, you know, because we can apply it to what we do today, but you can also, you also have the availability and the ability to, through basic learning and understanding and just a quick Google search, basically nowadays is go back in time basically and see what was going on and why this was that and why that makes so much sense. So anyhow, Casey, how are you doing? Been doing pretty good. Um, we had a good day Sunday all around. Riley was here Sunday night, which I always enjoy because I get to take a little step back sometimes from worship leading and participate more. So that's always good. Um, I have kind of short work week, which I'm excited about. Lots of meetings. Had a doctor's appointment today, so I got out part of the day out Friday early. And then here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be out for the whole week. So I'm just, I'm counting the days till a little vacation. It's exciting, Anna. (laughs) It is. I'm on vacation next week, the week before you guys go on vacation. Do you want to talk about kind of what we were talking about off air for a second? I think there's some content in there. Yeah. I I mean, I've already forgotten, to be honest with you, but we can talk about it. (laughs) From Sunday, how you were feeling. Oh, yeah. So Sunday. Um, yeah, it was okay. I wasn't fully feeling it. I was thinking I was more nervous than I've been in a long time preaching Sunday morning, which was odd, but not. Because you know you had to take up for me, you know? You had me coming after you, so you knew you had to really put it all out there. There was a huge responsibility on my shoulders to make sure I had it built up for Eric to go. You really had to carry it. We got to get out of that mindset, Gib. I'm just saying that's why. I wasn't saying I'm better than her. I was saying that's that's why she was nervous. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not bad to be nervous, I don't think. No, I I think think it's a good good thing to be not not it's like humility i think right like i joke around about being an immense responsibility about having to go before gib but really at the end of the day it really is an immense responsibility anytime you're standing up there there's people lives literally in your hands i had to to come up after her oh well i gave you a good one (laughs) but yeah so i'm not mad about it it just it happened you feeling on your game again yeah for the most part i've not been on my game totally i'll admit for Mostly worship service at nighttime. I think that's important to let people know that we're human. Yeah, yeah. we, we struggle too sometimes. I think I think it's important to note that the only good thing that comes out of us is the Holy Spirit. It really yeah. is. It's know? what He does for somebody. There have been nights in the last two months or so that I've probably showed up and really just sang a song because we right. had to. Right. But Sunday night, Sunday in general was a little bit different, and I appreciate that. I know that there are some people praying for us specifically. Yeah. And I genuinely do believe that prayers are working because I will, I hope that they're listening and they know who they are. I will let them know for sure that life has been improved for me. 
doesn't Since mean stop started. praying, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just continue. That's... Look, keep it going. Yeah. We're trying to stay in the upward trend here. I think it's reassuring, though, that when you experience the times where you're not feeling right, when you get back to feeling right, it makes it feel better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like we talked about it before, talking about how mountaintops feel better when you just came through a really low valley. Right. You know, and it's it makes it makes so much more um it it makes you realize what you were in uh in this sludgy time where you're slow and in the I guess you weren't feeling exactly how you should feel. Right. For me, I think it's just the best part about it is knowing that you didn't stop. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because if I would have just quit whenever I wanted to quit, you then I would never... be down in that valley. Well, yeah. That's just it. You're stuck there. Encouragement for somebody else. Just keep showing up. If that's all you can do is show up, Continue. keep showing up. There will be brighter, brighter days ahead. Yeah. And just like I was saying before with the Holy Spirit, knowing that He is with you the whole time to comfort you and guide you through that that area, mm-hmm. even, even if all that He's given you for a, a guidance is don't quit. Right. You know, because there's been times I'm sure that you felt and that I felt. I know I felt them. That says, you may as well just give up. Yeah, you yeah. Because that was the poorest, the poorest execution of a sermon or a song or anything that I've ever had in my life. But then at the end of the day, someone comes up to you and said, "I really needed that. That was strength and encouragement for me. That song really did it for me." But it just gives you more of a hope, knowing that. Whether you're capable or not, the Holy Spirit still has power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, too, that makes me know, because a lot of times it feels like when something is going wrong, that you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and you need to rework your salvation or rework what's going on. But if the Holy Spirit is still moving and still guiding you and still telling you to correct things, you haven't went too far. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And the problem isn't, you know, the problem really isn't you, it's just... There's times that happen. Sometimes life just shows up. Most of every time, yeah. I think. Yeah. Life shows up every day. It's the 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 time to start rethinking things is when the little missteps and the little problems stop bothering you. Right. That's when it's time to like, okay, hold on a second. If the Holy Spirit Let's is reevaluate this for a second. If the Holy Spirit is still working with you, you're in good shape. Oh. Yeah. And you gotta work back. You know, it's a it's a two way street. You gotta work with the guidance that you're getting. Yeah, you, know, you got to put into action what you've been told. You know, it's not it's not just he's telling you that he's it's just going to happen. Right. You got to put some work into it. It's but if a, he's if he's still telling you, it's good. Yeah. And it's a pretty safe bet that whatever he's telling you is the opposite of where you were already going. So right, right. All you got to do is do a little one eighty and head out. And let, yep, and head on out. And sometimes I don't think we get into these moments. I think they're just eye openers. Yeah. Yeah. You get into this low place that's. It's like, man, am I doing something wrong? Am I not in the right place? Is my is my salvation is have I messed that up? But it's like God's like, I just want to show you that even in the bad times I still work. Yeah. Even in the good times. When the good times feel good, I understand that. But in the bad times, there's there's some good and there's some learning, more learning more so in the bad times. But he's I think he puts us into these places. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that God will put you into a low place just to help you remember that he is still God. Yeah. No I think there's what. a lesson in everything, you know, resilience. Yeah. Things when like it that. doesn't feel like you sh- when it doesn't feel like you can go on, just go on because I said so. Right. Exactly. You know? Uh, that gives hope, I yeah. believe. Gib, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We need a little bit more you than that, buddy. You're not allowed Cop to leave out. it just great. You right. gotta. Well, I guess I'm doing good. I preach Sunday morning. 
wasn't exactly how I thought it would go, but it went, I guess I could say. You did a good it job. It wasn't bad. You did good. Not you did good. It was bad. I'm just saying. You were I, nervous. I thought it was going to come out a lot different than what it did. There's it comes out. There was a lot of stuff I said that I didn't even think I didn't even think about when I was like studying it or listening to it or just reading came. it. It's like, wow, that was good. That's Holy Spirit. I know. Well, I, I I know. You seem very nervous to me. I was. That's good though. I'm I, not I mad. I go up behind Casey. It was a what nervous kind of Sunday for us all. It was, I feel. It was I like feel there like was nothing. You that's know? the first there was one. Nothing to work off. Really. There, that's the first. The first long sermon that you've had to do. The yeah. sermon. The the main. The main card, you know, on the title event or whatever. Yeah. I think mine's next month. You yeah, but you can yet? go 45 minutes every week. Yeah, well, it's you a different have lesson. Practice. You go every week, too. That's a lot, that's a lot of big difference. It is Sunday Lessons school, are so different, different. Than, than that. Because you got a whole give you book that. and it's written but, out. And but at the end of the day, these the first sermon for me was a nerve wreck. A nervous, yeah. nervous wreck I was. It was terrible for me. Felt terrible until I started going. Then it felt really good. My nerve-wracking one was, uh, or at least recently, was being thrown into teaching the Thursday night class here because yeah, but you would just get up there like it was any other day. <laughs> what are you? What are you averting your eyes? Don't worry about it. Casey does it all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I that never try to pass that book. That that first one is a nerve-wracking one. It is. Have you gotten to a point though where it's getting somewhat easier for you? Yeah, not me because I've only been doing it for a couple months. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no. At the same time, I feel a lot more nervous when I'm not ready for the first. Yeah, but that's when you preach the best one because you ain't got nothing. So it's it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but sometimes I get up there when I just feels better. I get up up there there sometimes when I don't have nothing. But you got to have something to start off with. Yeah, you got to bring a little bit of yourself some, and that's what you got to work off your your knowledge. And it's like, well, that I. I don't have enough knowledge. It's, would, it's clear to me that I don't have enough knowledge to do anything. I would rather get up with almost nothing but a thought that I just got five minutes prior and get up and preach like that than I would with a full laid out sermon because then I know it's not it's not me preaching, basically. Yeah, but the workman or the the worker has to study to show that I self approve. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. I'm not saying that I just get up there and start saying a bunch of random stuff. It's right. It feels better when it comes out of nowhere, and it all makes sense. All these thoughts you've been having, it all lines up. I'm not saying you haven't been studying. Right. I'm saying you have something in mind, but you're not too sure about it. Then they sing a song, or someone else says something. It's like that's exactly what I was gonna say, or exactly what I was gonna. That preach. does feel good. You're just yeah. missing a couple of puzzle pieces until yeah. it all comes together, and then it right. hits you, and you're like, "Duh!" Especially in popcorn sense. preaching, because <laughs> oh. a lot of times you'll be. Ha- I'll have I I've, I've experienced this, and you guys can tell me whether you have this or not. I got ninety nine percent of it, but I'm missing that one key ticket. You know, big item that I need to tie it all together and then someone will be preaching and it'll come right out of their scriptures. I don't know that because I usually always go first so I don't get <laughs> well, to listen to anybody. Well, lay it out, piece, Mark. What's up? My big... Go ahead. It seems like everything in the Bible, though, honestly, anything you read, you could put together like this with something else. Like, well, because there's 65,000 cross-references from... I'm just saying anything you could really work... Somehow you could work it together almost in a way. Yeah. That doesn't make sense but does. I'm always so worried that we're going to show up, like even on days when we're just preaching, you know, two people at a time with your dad or whoever's doing the long sermon on the days that we do that, 
or on popcorn preaching that I'm going to show up, but mine's just not going to fit in anywhere with anybody else's. And I'm going <laughs> to throw the wrench in. And every time, it never I'm does. just amazed. Yeah, so. weird how it always works. I always like just that. go to Lenny. So just to warn you, mine's going to be a little weird. <laughs> and Lenny's probably like, yep, mine too. <laughs> I've experienced one time I preached, I think it was Galatians chapter six, mm-hmm. verses like one through 10. And literally dad got up and preached 10 through 14. But it was because he had studied that portion and I had studied that portion. Neither of us knew. He's like, I thought you were going to keep on preaching and just take my notes and go. I was like, well, God had prepared this for me and God prepared that for you. But it was something that everybody needed. Yeah. From two different perspectives. That's so cool to me. It is really cool. And I feel like it's an important thing that happens because everyone learns on a different level. Mm -hmm. They understand a different way. And I think more viewpoints and more different ideas and outlooks on things help more people understand the same thing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite ones we all did was probably still going to be the Hosea one. That was not my favorite. What no? are you talking about? <laughs> this is all the different viewpoints of it. We all preached the exact same now, thing I, for 45 minutes. Now we got different points across though. Go back and listen to it. I refuse. Same. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend that didn't happen. No, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on with you, Mark, on that one. <laughs> I, I think the best weird. one was the first night of Barn Revival. I think that was the best one. I don't remember. I it don't even remember what I preached. All. I remember I preached David and Goliath. I, rem- I do I remember, remember you that. preached David and Goliath because I something. cried. I was something off. in the pouch. Yeah. No, it was called something else, but it was. Oh, what's in the bag? What what's in the bag? There you that go. That's good. Yeah. I that was my favorite one for for me and everybody else. That was one of the first ones, Gib. That was the first time I, I ever I think that was your first one. Or the second. I think it was the second. Second, because I remember we had a meeting here. And then Dad's like, all right, you guys you guys are preaching tonight, too. And we're like, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's great. Thanks. First day on the job, showed up and cleaned up like I own the place. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to stay humble there. Yeah. Anyhow. I think what we should talk about tonight is teamwork. First off, we got to get one thing out of the way. What? How has your week been? Right yes, now? I was waiting for someone to ask me. <laughs> Bryce, how has your week? My week has been splendid. Tell it, us more. It really has. It has been good. Splendid. It rained a lot yesterday. Yes, it did. Um, we got our work done, and then it just started pouring. It honestly it was at the tail end of the day, we were fighting to get done before the the rain hit us so we we ended up getting done then we took a trip to a little bit north grand rapids to get a couple seats for my truck and then today we just worked around and it was raining this morning so we couldn't do what we wanted to do in the morning and we did a hospital visit today which is i feel like it should be kind of saddening to go to a hospital visit with someone who's very sick but it's actually kind of uplifting to see the reaction that you get out of somebody when it's, it's kind of a sad thing to think, but when you go there and you just visit somebody, what kind of reaction you get, it's a very sad thing for the human race that we don't visit people in hospitals and stuff like that anymore. And how excited someone is just to get a visit. That's literally the least you could do to somebody in the hospital. I think Yeah. just stop and show them. We were there for maybe 12 minutes, 15 minutes. And the guy was just so excited that we were there and wanted to, we prayed with him and just chatted with him for a minute. And that, that just made his day a whole lot better. And I feel like it made my day good, but I feel like that's, it's kind of shame on us. 
Yeah. Why are we not doing that? You have to think that could almost be a pivotal point in someone's life too, to I keep think on fighting. That's exactly what I was just thinking. It gives them a, a motivation. Give up when nobody wants to come see them. Right. It's like you're in there all alone, but when someone stops and hitting, even this gentleman we wouldn't seen, I've seen once in my life before, you know, and now we see him and it's like, they came to see me. Right. You know, you thought highly enough of him in his mind that you would take time out of your day to, see to just him. stop by. It was it wasn't it didn't cost us anything. We exactly. went in there and seen him for 10, 15 minutes, held his hand, prayed with him and asked how he's doing, even though we know kind of how he's doing. But he just I, I feel like we need to do that more. It's just as a we've grown comfortable as a society and we have a problem with putting others before ourselves and putting yeah. ourselves in the back burner. Why is that? Laziness. That's a big one. Selfishness. Mm-hmm. Why do we think so much of ourselves that we can't just take care of somebody? My biggest thing is someone who has the ability to take care of somebody, mm-hmm. has the ability to stretch forth a hand and even just go and see them. Why aren't we doing that? Makes you almost sick feeling. But at the end of the day, the only thing that you can change is you. Yeah. Right. So go mm-hmm. on and do it if you're going to do it. If not, don't talk about it. There you go. So. Well, sounds like I would have to start me making hospital visits. I feel I was walking through there and I kind of just felt like going into his rooms. I, yeah. Kind of like we used to do at the nursing home. Yeah. Just go stop and say hi to people and maybe give them a little something, like a little gift or something, a little knickknack to hang on their wall or something. I feel like that would brighten there, there a lot was of some, people's days. Some very, very cherishable memories doing that yeah. back in the day. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of things I remember even. It was just happy times. Being able to help somebody and see somebody smile. Yeah. Give them a reason to continue fighting. But anyhow, off of that, on to Sunday for me, I had a, I, I didn't really do anything other than sing a couple songs, play the drums, but I enjoyed, I had to text Casey. She did a good job on Sunday morning. Thanks. She brought forth a message out of something that was different than I had heard it preached before, but it made so much sense and then gave you a very v- valid Points and references, I think. Oh, yeah. I With tried. the little notes that she gave us and name tags. She did a wonderful job. Gibby, on the other hand, did a fantastic job. <laughs> I didn't get no text message, though. So if you want to know if you want to know who we thought did uh, better. I forgot to hit send. That's what it was. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm going to send it right now. Yeah. I sent you a thumbs up on yeah, Snapchat. I'm saying Bryce didn't text oh. me, though. <laughs> I see where I uh, land on the text message spectrum. Yeah, you're number two at least. At least. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Gib did a, his first full sermon, did an awesome job. Yeah, I think it went did. for like a solid 30 minutes. Did he? Pretty I sure. I don't know. Pretty I sure wasn't Casey counting. finished right around yeah, I didn't pay attention. noon, and I went to about 1230. I always like to hype up whoever's going. Because I, I, yeah. I know being <laughs> being one that has done one, it's a nerve-wracking thing. I'll, and be I feel counting like, on, I'll be counting on you when I do mine then. I feel like the more people mm-hmm. in your corner, the easier it is for you to go. I have really been conscious of that recently myself. Me too. It's like... I notice whenever you preach in Bangor sometimes, me and Patty stay standing the entire time. Yeah. And in my thoughts, like, I know that even if you're, not that you do terrible. Right. Like, if I were doing terrible, if I just saw one person willing to stand up and, like, stand with me. It gives you the comfort to go to on. To keep going. When I preach in Bangor, I really try to get Roger on his feet. That's He's my target, I think. And, and my, <laughs> I, like, I set a target on him. I was like, I got to get him to clap or something or say, brother, last God's two, good or he something. He loves, for whatever reason, that old man loves me. And every time so I preach, every he's other not old there. Man. 
Every Bryce other says, old man like, in the world. He's not every old man's favorite one out of all. I don't know. I, I will say Sunday when I, Sunday night when I walked past because I went to sit somewhere where it was a little bit cooler and up there walked by. He gave me you know, the God is good and he's like, brother, brother that was good. some good preaching the other day. Hey, and that was it. I'm fine really? with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know hurt people my know how much their encouragement really means to people. Oh, it means a lot. Yeah, especially even every time when you sit down, you're like, wow, that was, was terrible. terrible. That <laughs> yeah. Then Aunt Sandy comes over, honey, I'm so proud of you. Like, get away from me. <laughs> don't talk to me right now. It's like, you're lying to me. <laughs> don't lie to me. Go to the altar. You and and she's not lying either. She no. really means it from the bottom of her heart. But you, it just makes you, makes you, it lifts you up. But then you're also just like, get away from me right now. If you're <laughs> listening to this and you have preachers that you listen to and you feel like you should encourage them, do it. Do it. Because <laughs> you don't know what it does to a preacher. It gives a fire for me. Oh yeah, it lights right. a fire inside of me. You can sit down after the worst one, and somebody tells you that you did good. It gives you the strength to get up and do the next. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get up and I have to give myself the strength. I'm like, uh, I, I, I sit down. I'm like, man. Hopefully they let me come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, agreed. I think we need to go into our topic. Okay. okay. I think we've kind of led very good into it, um, and touched on it in multiple different places. But I think we need to work talk on teamwork all right and how pivotal and and instrumental teamwork actually is to the working of god's kingdom yeah there's so many places there's so many seats in that team you know there's so many uh places on the roster i guess we should say for an availability and a lot of people are running with very very low numbers on their team and are just trying to push through and make it Mm mm-hmm you know, and how important it is to try to get in on the team, get in with the, the the church team and go, you know. And the first thing to any team, you got to have a, a leader or a captain. Right. You know, and I feel like that one's pretty easy to point out. I feel like the pastor. But I feel like some people don't know the stresses that a pastor goes through. I agree. Or even just a preacher. I heard it once said, I don't remember who said it, but he said someone was coming after him saying, you know, being a preacher is a one day a job or one, one one day a week, one day a week job. And, you know, you got it easy. You get everything you do. You don't got to do nothing. He's like, he said, I would encourage you. He said, this is what I told him. He said, if you can find any other way to serve the Lord and make the Lord happy besides preaching, I would run to it Yeah, because you don't understand really what, what we fight and what we go through on a weekly basis when we're not behind the pulpit. It's not a one day a week. Yeah, no, it's you a know how long four seven. It, how job. long it takes to study all four of us know to get up there and make eleven minutes happen. Especially when it seems like you've studied all week and you don't get nothing till ten fifty nine. And when you're saying get nothing, it means insp- inspiration from God. You just don't feel what you got. Right. You you're not you're not feeling it, and then all of a sudden you're like, boom, I'm ready to go. It takes a lot of mental. It's a mental strain. It yeah. To sit down and read and try to figure out something meaningful and ask and pray. There's a lot of people that don't know how long it takes to really pray about something, mm-hmm. you know, and get in, get into a prayer type zone or atmosphere at your, at your place, wherever that may be, your house, your office, your closet. I don't know, wherever it is, it takes a second to get into the, the focused zone and the mental state to, to pray to ask God clearly for what you want and listen clear enough to hear what he says. Yeah. It's also good that he doesn't answer right away either because it helps with if everything God did was instantaneous, we would be spoiled. Right. We would have just, we wouldn't have to do anything. 
then that one day a week thing would be true. And it wouldn't even be one day a week. It'd probably be just a five minutes. seconds. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyhow, pray for your pastors. Yeah. Love on your pastors. Encourage your pastors. Tell them to preach on preacher. Preach on preachers. <laughs> preachers preach on. Preachers preach on. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot to keep going, especially you don't know the the fight it is against Satan. Right. It is a fight to the bitter end. Every day. Because he attacks the most dangerous one. And not not even the most dangerous one, but he attacks you in a way that makes you feel like you're a sinner mm -hmm. and you can't preach to people for what you, you're, you're unworthy. Or who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a constant fight in your head just saying, Nope, that's not what the Bible says. Nope, that's not what the Bible says about me. Nope, that's not what the Bible says about me. Kind of, huh? Verbally body slam the devil in your head. <laughs> every, you got to bring the fight to him. minute of your life, basically. Bring the fight. And he'll he'll come in easily, too. He can, He's obviously, we know he's swift and he can, he can enter any way he wants. It could be just something you hear and you're like, man, I really am not good enough to do this. Or, and that's honestly... Being unworthy is true because none of us are worthy of what God's called us to, but by his grace, right, we are we're worthy. Right. And righteous? Nope. None of us are. None of us are righteous. But what Jesus did on the cross for us, becoming sin and making us righteousness. I mean, everything me and Mark talk about it. Uh when when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, he said, It is written. Everything that is being Tempt every every aspect that is trying to be moved or persuaded by the temptation. Nope, the Bible says otherwise. Mm -hmm. You're not enough. Well, the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror. Yep. The Bible says I'm victorious. The Bible says, and Casey gave us a wonderful Casey's list. Dad? Wonderful <laughs> list how we're chosen and called and built with a purpose on purpose for a purpose. You know, there there's no real temptation if you're willing to study and, and study the Word of God. Yeah. And believe it. You got to believe it. That's part of it too. If you're willing to do those things, there's no temptation that Satan can bring upon you that's uh, worth or that will get you. I guess I should say. Any thoughts on teamwork? Uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people don't realize how many hats their pastor might really be wearing right. as a leader too. Right. You know, the one day a week job. Well, yeah, maybe being your your preacher. Or your pastor might be one day a week that you see that, but you don't see the days that they have to show up and be the custodian for the church. Yep. You don't see when they have to show up and be the handyman. Right. You know, there's a lot more that goes into it. And I think I would encourage anybody who feels any sort of calling to any sort of ministry, whether that be vacuuming the floor or getting up and assisting somewhere in the service yeah. to pursue it. Yeah, go for it. Because you don't know the help that you might be. You probably won't be turned down either. Not yeah. likely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Many hands say, make that, light work. You'll say that's probably one guarantee if you uh, go to your pastor and ask if there's a job that you can do. He ain't going to tell you no. He'll find some for you. Yeah, but when he tells you he wants you to wash, the, clean the toilets, don't be like, oh, I ain't doing that because then you're really going to be in trouble. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for, for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help. One can help the other up, but a but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. All these things come with working together. Yeah. I mean, look at Jesus. What did he do? He got him a group of twelve guys to help him help him bear the load of this. Obviously, when it came down to the end, it was him by himself. 
on the cross, but at, through the ministry times and being able to spread the gospel, it was always these guys going out with at least another guy, right. you know, helping them bear the load, helping them bear witness to other people. This thing isn't just going to happen all by itself. Absolutely no. not. And, and going to a word of warning for someone who thinks they can do it all. You can't. It's not possible. Impossible. Been there, done that, tried that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have a worship service without more than one person in the choir. It's not, it's yeah, just not you're good. you're the best singer in the world. Right. <laughs> right. It takes a crew. It takes an army to do this thing. It does. And I think something important to recognize is we all have different strengths and different weaknesses too. That's something that creates a team inherently. There are things that you're good at that I might be awful at. Right. But it balances. Right. And just like I was saying before, the different points and perspectives of everybody help help broaden the variety of people that understand. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people won't, some people think like you and some people don't, you know. This right here, I just typed it in. Jesus knew the importance of teamwork. In building a team of 12 apostles, he made working together to build the kingdom of God an essential element of the Christian faith and a delicate but fundamental task of Christian leaders. We must, too, foster a sense of belonging, community, and purpose. That's something that didn't really come out to me when we started talking about teamwork. Making a community. Yeah. Making a sense of belonging. A family. You know, yeah, giving somebody something that they can be attached to. Because there's people out in this world that don't have nothing to attach themselves to. Mm -hmm. They don't have a family or a good sense of community or sense of belonging. And what better place to find that than the church, you know, with fellow Christians? With Jesus talking about, you know, getting his apostles or disciples... He didn't sit inside of a church building and wait for them to show up. He didn't. He went and showed up where they were. He actively went to them and worked to get them on board with him, I believe. And he operated in a way that they could understand in the moment, too. Yeah. You know, they were fishermen. He showed himself the Messiah the first time with the miracle of having them cast their nets on the other side to catch more fish. Right. He made it understandable, but he also was willing to put in the work to go where they are. Right. And I think that's a big thing that we're missing as a church, as a church in society, I guess. We're waiting for people to just show up and, and fill the gap, basically. Am right. I wrong? No, you're not wrong there. You know, we sit and we pray for people to come in or we pray for help, and that's good. God can send people. But if you think about it— Jesus you know, showed up. Right. God made manifest on earth, yeah. went and found the people himself. He didn't sit there and say, well, I really hope somebody shows up today. And on top of finding them, he, he basically built them. Mm-hmm. And it made them what he needed, kind of structured them to be where they were and didn't cut them off when they made a mistake. Right. He allowed them to start where they were without, he didn't allow them to stay where they were. Right. But he didn't expect them to be an end product in one day either. Right. He gave them time. His ministry on the earth was what, three years, three and a half years? Three and a half. Yeah. You know, he gave them that amount of time and he understood it. When it comes time for me to leave, these will be, they'll be ready enough whether they believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, he understood that as a leader, but I like that point, Case. He went to where they were, created them into this place, you know, made a place for them because Jesus could have done all this by himself. Right. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? No. No. I think that he is more than willing and capable of being God manifested in flesh to do whatever he wanted, but he decided to bring some help. Right. 
And that should be a good point to all of us. Yeah. And another thing, if you want a real kind of nail in the coffin about the importance of teamwork, you guys remember what I, when I asked a while back, what is the only thing that was in the Garden of Eden that was not good, that God said was not good? For man to be alone. Exactly. Right. So he created the whole idea of relationship and companionship. Right. Because it wasn't good for just Adam. Adam had to have Eve. Right. Otherwise, again, you're going to suffer, you're going to struggle because one person can't do everything. Right. Um, even talking about when you get married, when you get married, when there's two, the joy is double. Uh, when there's uh, sorrow, it's only halved. It's easier to bear the load of these things. You can carry more of each thing when it comes to having more people. You know, right. even the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. So that just tells you right there, there's power in numbers and not just numbers that are on a board either, not an attendance yeah, number. Yeah, not attendance numbers. No, there's power in, in people who have made their mind up, who have decided to take a position, you know, and decided to study and learn. There's power in people who are who are doing this on purpose. On purpose, on purpose together. And are all... They have a purpose. They have a purpose. They're all working towards the same thing. Same goal. That's one thing, too, that I feel like you have to do as not necessarily a leader. I guess I guess it would be a leader thing. Pray for discernment mm -hmm. for people who are in it for the right reason and who are not. Give you the, the knowing of people who are just, you know, coming through for a season because there are people that do come and go. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. No. And I feel like sometimes we fight to save the ones, you know, and they end up being the biggest problem. We fight to save them and keep them around. And then it's like, well, wish I would have done that. Wish I would have just let God do what God's doing. Could have saved your energy and resources. Right. And put them towards somebody. God opened my eyes to see the people who are working for the same goal as I am. Exactly. And, and help me put my resources and put every availability that you have given me to them, you know, and build this good team that works together, strives, to, and all of us just want to make it to heaven at the end of the day and bring as many people as possible with us. Right. And then here's the thing. Maybe it's, you know, ones that we can't seem to get through to. Right. But then we take our time, put it somewhere else. God can still deal with the other ones. Right. He can definitely do reach them better than we can. If it's, if, you know, we've made the attempt. We've tried. Yeah. He's done everything present. in our power. Yeah. Leave it into his power. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to learn when it's time to say, not my problem. When yeah. you say, God, look, God, I've I've worked and I've tried, but it's clearly not getting through. You're the only one that has the power and the strength. And here's my thing, too. God could be cultivating someone else. Exactly. At this time, and it, he's cultivating one that could get through right. to somebody else. You know, and we've... We try to dial in our focus with our mind, you know, and think, because a lot of a lot of my problem is I start thinking too much. I think that I can do this and that I have the ability to look and see what needs to happen. And, you know, my background in this or background in that has given me the abilities and given me these assets saying that I can see this person and know who they are. I don't know anybody. I have I know nothing about anything. God, use me the way you want me to show me what needs to be done. But other than that, I can't do anything. Yeah. 
That's a good. I think that's a good thing to have. I'd agree. Say that's a good place to get to. Because I I've seen people and been around people, and I feel like I know know them. But what's the old saying? Don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. And once you get going, you're like, man, I didn't know them at all. I didn't know half the stuff that I thought I knew. So at the end of the day, God, whatever you want me to know, whatever you're willing to show me, you know. And if if you want someone to leave, let them leave. If you want someone to stay, build them up and strengthen them in that way that they can stay and we can create a team. And it's just like with the other things, too. It's like we don't necessarily have to have all the information to do our job. Right. We only need whatever is relevant for us to do our job. When sometimes it's as simple as they just need prayer. Yeah. Don't need to know why. Just the why is because they were because they need it. Right. That's simple. And I feel like God will give you give you what you need at the moments that you need them. Yeah. God knows us clearly. He created us and He's He knows enough to know that if He gives you certain things, you'll not abuse them, but use them in a way to not a self service, but to self elevate. Be like, look, I can do this. No, God is doing that through you. Or even worse, if you know too much, like, well, I'm not going to do that for them. I know what they're doing. Right. Like, you don't need that information. You just need just enough. And God God is perfect at that. All you really need to do is keep your ear tuned to what God says and follow his instructions. It's hard sometimes for me, though. Yeah, because yeah, you want to do what feels right. But what feels right is different from what is right normally. Absolutely. That's a good point, Gib. It is. Feelings aren't lowered. No. A lot of the times my feelings get mixed in to what I, f- what, you know, I hear something, but then my feelings get mis- mixed in and what I know gets mixed in there. And it's like, well, what do I do now? But it seems like God likes to do things to where it doesn't look like it's going to work out. And he likes to twist things into a way where it's like, that ain't that ain't even right. This is it's not even possible. You just want to say, this is what I do. You know, this is how it's going to work. Well, he likes to do that so that way we can acquire more knowledge and more learning from what how God does things. In and a I way. feel like the only knowledge in, in, that I've acquired and learning that I've had is to not trust me at all. And shut up and let God do what God's going to do. God's the one that's going to do <laughs> Get this. out of the way. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's the knowledge that I've gained is like, you're an idiot. He's right. And uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Just stand back and let God work. Sometimes I imagine a God up there just like, look, we can do this one of two ways, my way or my way, and you just suffer a little bit more work if you <laughs> right. want to do it your That's way. Pretty my, much, yeah. my way or my way that takes a little bit longer and you have to begin the you pain. you look like yeah. an idiot. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people that actually miss out on blessings and miss out on opportunity because they won't get out of the way of God and they're trying to do things their way. Let's talk about a blessing for a minute because a lot of All people right. have misconstrued blessing. Blessing isn't the million dollar bank account. No. Blessing's not always benefit. It's not not even I mean, that. it normally is, but it isn't always benefit. Blessing is knowing that God is still with you. Yeah. I think yeah. that you haven't went. Everybody looks at a blessing and they put a monetary note like with it's it. the hilltop, basically. Right, right. But sometimes a blessing to me is just making it out alive. Yeah. I think a lot of the times the biggest blessings that you'll perceive in your life is whenever you're in somewhere so awful that you just have not a clue what's going on, but you come out on the other side and you see that God was with you. Are you turning around while you're there and God's standing there when nobody else is there? Right. Right. That's a blessing in itself. Right. And we've put we put value with it. I mean, there is value to blessing. Don't get me wrong, but not cash. Right. There's no cash value. There you go, Casey. (laughs) There's no. 
no hilltop house mansion, you know. You aren't yeah. going to trade it in for equity. God, yeah. thank you for keeping me alive. I should be dead. Right. That's a blessing. And this even here just says God's favor and protection. It doesn't say anything about... No money. Yeah. Or God's, even, even further down, a person's sanction or support. Again, nothing God, monetary. God's favor is different. Yeah. Even the world's perspective on it. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, well, God has his favor on you. You're doing well. Eh, I don't even know that. I think I think when God's favor on you is you can go through the worst of the worst and come out on the other end. Yeah. I think that's favor. Yeah. And I I think that's a fair a fair shake at what favor is. God's favor is you waking up in the morning and knowing your own name. Right. That, yeah. That's, that's step one. <laughs> because think even, about there's people that that don't. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that, that wake up and they're not in their right mind and they can't think clearly and they can't breathe or they can't walk or their legs or their back or this or that. God's favor is showing you another chance. And at the end of the day, it's up to you whether you're going to take that or not. Yeah. That's really all it is. I like, I was listening to our buddy Cliff again. Yeah. And there was this probably 18, 19, 20 year old girl was asking him a question. And she was asking, basically she asked him if, if he believed that she was going to go to hell because she didn't believe in God. And the point of the conversation got to was like, he loves you enough to not force you to make that decision. To not force you to be in heaven when you don't want anything to do with him. Right. So he, it's like, he doesn't put you there. He loves you enough to give you an option out. To let you choose. Right. Here's what favor is. I had to look it up. Favor. Approval, support, or liking for somebody or something. Uh, an act of kindness beyond what is due the usual. Feel or show approval or preference for. See, that's Still what I don't see any money in there. There's no money. But here's if you got God's approval, you got more than money. Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you if you close your eyes and wake up and you're in heaven, that's that's the biggest thing I can think of for favor. No yeah. matter what you had here. Well, right. it's funny because I seen a picture the other day and it said, poor man, rich man. And it was a picture of a mansion, you know, cars, money stacks. And there's just some shack. And then the bottom picture was they were both the same exact picture of a six foot grave. Of a grave, yeah. It doesn't come with you. What comes with, well, what you earn at the end of the day is whether God favored you or not. And you make it to heaven. Right. And you made the right choices throughout this walk on the earth. I, I sometimes me and dad will go and see uh, an old an older gentleman, you know, because we old old guys like me, and I like that they like me, so I go and see him <laughs> and talk to him, you know, and try to pick up knowledge. It's there's they more have favor that. with him, so, somewhat. I'll say that sometimes we'll go and I we'll go see somebody who is not who's getting older, and all they have left is their mind, and their ability has kind of left them. I say, Dad, look at this. We get to work hard. You know, this man has worked hard his whole life, has gained these things, but at the end of the day, this is what he gets. This is the payment for that, the reward, you know. That's what it makes me so, so want to drive to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. Because yeah. you can work all your life, build up as much possessions as you want on this earth, but at the end of the day, the things you do for Christ are the only one that's going to last, the only one that's going to really have payoff. You know, you can have a nice home all you want, and you can live there to the day you die, and that's good. I'm happy for you. But if you open your eyes in the bosom of Abraham, that will make it worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll make what you've done on this earth worth it. That's why we have to remember when we say we're too busy for church and, 
you know, we got all this going on. At the end of the day, all this going on isn't going to matter. No. It actually nothing matters. Nothing it's, really that we're doing matters other than what we're doing for Christ. Exactly. I mean, using that one gentleman as an example, all that stuff he did didn't help him with where he was at nope. laying in the bed nope. after that. Nope. He was still alive and it was already worth Essentially worth nothing. If you get to the end of your life and the only thing, if you get in your life anywhere, I'm not going to say the end. If the only thing that truly matters to you is being with God and being through Christ and in Christ, what you've done, it, you're done good. That's, that's success. Only, that's success right there. Uh, big old business, big old buildings and houses and cars and Everything, if you got a street named after you, it ain't going to mean nothing. And if you're putting that before God, you're already making a huge mistake because God's the one who gave you that. Yeah. Even though we said blessing isn't money, he still is the one who provided that for you. Right. Give you the ability to make wealth. If you're putting wealth over God, that's that's the biggest mistake you could make, I think, right there ever. Not wealth over God. I... The only thing that I have that is wealthy to me is Is the presence of God. Yeah, but you got to remember, not a lot of people think that way. No. God That's is, a sad, and it's sad. God to Very me is sad. God to me is the wealth. I think at the end of the day, if you end up with that, bingo. That's what I'm shooting Absolutely. for. I don't care. Hundred percent. Not caring about the other stuff. At the end of the day, we're just gonna end up in a hole in the ground. So work for Christ. I'm not ended up in a hole in the ground. I'm ended up with Jesus. You you can stay in the hole if you want, but there ain't no My grave body, hole in this body. Down. Our bodies. Look, our bodies. We are all too young to be discussing body disposal methods right now. <laughs> yes. I just want to be with Jesus, okay? Amen. Yes. And the longer you're with him on this earth, the better it'll be. The better you'll know him in heaven. Yep. Okay, with that, we're going to end this podcast off. We're just going to say thank you for stopping by. Please join us again next week if you have the urge. Uh, and, and on top of that, throughout this week, Build your relationship with Christ and work in your church. Work for your church. Build a community. If no one else is going for it, go for it. And with that, we're going to say love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.